I'm Doug Brown, the Colts cut Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry today after both were suspended for at least a year for betting on NFL games. Free agent Demetrius Taylor gets the same punishment. The league did not find any evidence of game manipulation. Titans offensive lineman Nicholas Petit-Frere gets a six-game suspension for betting on other sports at the team facility. NBA free agency starts tomorrow, but what's the market for Kyrie Irving? ESPN's Ramona Shelburne. There's not a lot of teams that are in position to make a realistic run at Kyrie Irving. There's a, you know, he's, he's a wildly talented player. I mean, when you go around the NBA and you ask people who's the most skilled player in the NBA, like his name comes up a lot. Ramona Shelburne on Fitz and Harry. After taking Connor Bedard with the first pick in the draft, today the Blackhawks make a trade with Tampa Bay to acquire the negotiating rights for soon-to-be free agent Corey Perry. Chicago gets a seventh-round pick for next year. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. GEICO.com. Easy. Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. and ye shall receive. This is the Sports Huddle on a, I guess we could still call it a feel-good Thursday. I'm Sean from CBS 6. In for Bob, who is at a undisclosed location. We won't mention where he is, but hopefully he'll be back on tomorrow to do the Sports Huddle. AJ is behind the glass, and he's got some help today. Oh, yeah, the new recruit. Who's the new recruit? That would be one Lewis. Lewis, say hi to everybody. Hey, how's it going, everybody? We got tag team in there holding it down. AJ and Lewis helping us out here on the uh, Sports Huddle. And what you just heard was a, a snippet from one of the greatest movies ever made. Breach! Today marks the 35th anniversary of the premiere of Coming to America. And I know AJ and Lewis behind the glass... Have see, has seen that movie, I would say, at least five times. Is that fair to say? I'm sorry, did you say 500? That might be a little low. That might be a little low? Well, I said at least five, but, you know, if if the over is over five, then we'll go with it. I'll tell you what I haven't seen five minutes of, that sequel. You have not seen the sequel yet? I, I, I can't. For shame. But yeah, that's good. I've seen the sequel. It is not... It's hard to compare one with the other. There are some elements of the first one that are in the second one. And then the second one is, you know, it's hard to duplicate the success of Coming to America in the sequel. There are very few sequels that surpass the original. Heard. Heard, but here's the thing. I don't even, I love Terminator. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And these sequels have gotten to the point I can't even watch Terminator anymore. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, 
I know there's some Harry Potter fans out there. They would say probably the same, like the Harry, the original of Harry Potter will always be better than the sequels. I would say, and I'm probably in the minority, um, outside of, I mean, Rocky, the original, great movie. I would say that Rocky 3 is close to the original. It's the best sequel of the of the sequels and Rocky. So the funny thing is, and I love Rocky 1, you can make an argument that Rocky 1's a little slow. I will watch it all the time. And Rocky 3 is by far fast-paced, entertaining. It arguably is. could be the most entertaining of the fridge. I would agree with that. Now, there are some good parts in Rocky 4. You know, the, the, the lead-in to the exhibition with Apollo and Drago. Hilarious. Um, but the 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 whole movie of Rocky three with him and Thunderlips Hulk Hogan, the back and forth between him and Mr. T, you know, talking to uh the trainer, uh what was what was the trainer's name? Rocky's Which trainer. One, uh, Mickey? Mickey, yes. When he told Mickey, shut up, old man, I ain't going nowhere. Classic. It's classic. And then the fight scenes itself, good stuff. I was gonna chime in because I can't say a lot of Clubber's lines in that movie. That's one of them you can say. That's one of them you can say on these airwaves. There are very few after that that you can say. But shut up, old man! I ain't going nowhere. That's I mean that's classic. You you can't you can't make up that stuff. We just heard from uh from our program our PD program director Robert Oley said that all Jurassic Park sequels the first film is an all timer then the two are absolute duds. He said two like there ain't more than two. There's plenty, but he's right. <laughs> I like how he only knows two. Like, yeah. he's missed the other, I think there's two others. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. But, yes, the third way. I mean, you're going to hear more clips, I hope, from AJ with uh, Coming to America. Yes, I saw that on Twitter today. This this was the 35th anniversary of the premiere of, uh, of Coming to America. All time great. I said that on Twitter. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, by far. And I did get some retweets on that. But I am surprised that you didn't lead off with the one of the rare occurrences in Major League Baseball. I am surprised he did not do that. I appreciate that you started off with coming to America, but I'm very surprised he did not lead off our broadcast talking about the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. You know what? I text Bob at like noon and I was like, this is what you get for not coming in. This is amazing. <laughs> it's New York and you're going to miss it. So I was going to play it. But when you said coming to America, I canned it and went with that. I mean, I appreciate you doing that. Like I said, that's kudos to you. And that's what a great producer does. A great producer listens to his talent and then kind of like conforms to everything. But if you were sleeping late last night, and didn't didn't hear about Domingo Herman Hermain. That's that's the correct. Not German. It's Hermain. You would be germane to the point in calling him Hermain. Yes. Yes. He threw the fourth perfect game in major in, in Yankees history. Think about that. They have thrown one six of the amount of perfect games in Major League Baseball history. Twenty four have been thrown in the history of the sport. The Yankees have thrown four, and Hermain becomes the latest. As they beat Oakland eleven to nothing late last night into this morning, it's the first perfect game thrown since 2012 when Felix Hernandez turned the trick. He joins Don Larson, who threw the perfect game in the World Series of 1956. David Wells, whose ERA was I think a little bit higher than Hermain's coming into that start, 
and David Cohn, who threw a no, no uh, threw a perfect game in 1999. But those are the four Yankee players who threw a perfect game. That's some pretty good uh, company that Domingo is in. And I'm looking at his stats from the last start he had, which was last Thursday, a week ago, today, actually, in which he gave up eight earned runs in three and a third innings, and they lose 10-2. to The start before that against Boston, he gave up seven earned in two innings, lost that start, but then comes back and throws a perfect game. Nine strikeouts, nobody reached. 27 up, 27 down, and throwing the perfect game. That's that's incredible. That's a, Like I said, that is a rare feat. That is the rarest of feats in Major League Baseball. And this guy, Domingo Hermain, throws the perfect game. I believe looking at, the, looking at it on ESPN, he is the first from the Dominican Republic to throw a no-no or throw a perfect game. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, although it was against Oakland, we can kind of poo-poo on the fact it was against the A's, the worst team in baseball, and in a in a, in a stadium where 90% of the people were probably rooting for Domingo to do it because, of course, they, you know, they're thinking about going to Las Vegas and the A's don't want to support the team if they know they're, they're going to be ready to leave. But uh, kudos to him, kudos to the Yankees to, to see that history-making start. They're now nine and a half back in the American League East behind Tampa Bay. The Orioles, who lost in extras last night, they're five back. But uh, who knows? This could be a, a jump start for him. He's now five and five with an ERA of 4.54. But uh, like I said, I don't know when the next time we'll see it. It was 12 years ago before the last one, and we'll see if it happens anytime soon. But the Yankees getting a, another perfect game in, uh, in team history. And At I least know, something good's going on in New York. Because <laughs> the other team ain't, ain't doing nothing. Now they're talking about probably uh, purging the roster. Yes. What do you think, AJ? Purging I, the I roster? Think, and I told, I told Bob this earlier. Everybody was making fun of me with the old pitchers, and that's the only thing that's been good all season is our old pitcher. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, who's been up and down. He, he has started the season on IL. Comeback has been solid. Hasn't been great. Well, Kate Upton ruins your electric. Oh, wow. Wow. Just threw the woman under the bus there, huh? No, no, no. I'm a fan. Okay. Scherzer starts tonight. It's going to be a win, baby. He starts tonight against the Brewers, 7-10. Scherzer 7-2 with an ERA of just under four. And you think about the pitchers who have not thrown a perfect game. Scherzer has not thrown a perfect game. Verlander has not. He's thrown a couple of no-nos, but not a perfect game. Adam Wainwright, no. Clayton Kershaw, no. Garrett Cole has not. These are great pitchers in baseball that have yet to throw a perfect game. And in reverse, some of the players that have thrown Mm no-nos, how they're not all that good. Yeah. I would say the last one, Felix was probably, was the Mariners' ace. Now, whether you would say top 10 pitcher in his time, maybe. But for Seattle, he was the ace. And to get that done at home, I remember that game. Um but just, you know, like I said, the Yankee pitchers that have thrown it, Wells, Cone, and Larson, who threw it in the World Series, Gidry never threw one in the in World Series history. Like I said, Garrett Cole is not. There are some big names that have gone through the Yankees organization that have not tossed a perfect game, only four, and now Domingo is one of those four. Drive home soon? That's my cue, folks. I'm saying that on the air. <laughs> 
We got a big show lined up for you today. We got tons of guests coming up, and we also want to hear from you. So please call us, 804-327-0888. That's the number to call here on ESPN 106.1. But right now, we're going to tell you what's coming up on the show with the River City Rundown. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. This is a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. River City Rundown. And like I said, we got a big show lined up for you today. Starting coming up after the break, we're going to hear from the kickers, head coach Darren Sawaski. They're in the midst of a three-game homestand. The third coming up tonight, or actually Saturday, I beg your pardon, coming up Saturday at 7 o'clock at City Stadium. Big match for them in this three-game homestand. They have yet to win. They've lost one. They've tied one against Fort Wood Madison and one Knoxville SC. We'll hear from him. And also the big news, the fact that they lead all of USL 1 in attendance. We'll hear from him to see how he likes uh, the Red Nation, the Red Army, supporting the Richmond Kickers at City Stadium. That's coming up at about three to five minutes. Then coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will hear from Virginia Preps writer Danny Lewis getting ready for high school football season. Yes, it is right around the corner. Camps start at the end of July. So high school football in the area is coming up. At 5.15, we will hear from Michael Phillips, the sports editor from the Richmond Times-Dispatch and knows all things Washington Commanders because their camp starts around the corner. We'll hear from that. And also the news of so many of these NFL players uh, getting suspended because of gambling. Why? How? How are they they doing that when it's like in their locker rooms? That's That's the cardinal sin. You do not gamble on NFL games. So I don't understand that. So hopefully we'll get some comments from him about that. Then at 5.30, we're going to talk some VCU basketball and some more high school football with Zach Joaquin, also from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He is the VCU beat writer. And like I said, he also does a little high school football and high school sports as well. So like I said, we got a lot of guests coming up today here on the Sports Huddle, but we also have time to hear from you. 327-0888 is the number to call. But coming up after the break, we'll hear from the Richmond Kickers head coach, Darren Sawaski talking about all Richmond Kickers here on the Sports Huddle on ESPN 1061. It is 16 minutes after the hour here on the Sports Huddle, the Feel Good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle. I'm Sean from CBS 6. Bob is, I won't say on assignment, he's on a, in a, at an undisclosed location and Hopefully, you'll hear from him tomorrow on the Sports Huddle. But right now, we're going to talk some Richmond Kickers soccer. They're in the midst of a three-game homestand. The final game of the homestand or the final match of the homestand will be this Saturday against against Chattanooga. Also, a fireworks show will take place at City Stadium after the match. And when we talk about Richmond Kickers soccer, we got to talk about the head coach of the team, and that's Darren Sawaski, who joins us here on the Sports Huddle. How are you, Darren? Sean, I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, we talked last Friday leading up to the match against uh, One Knoxville, and I, I asked you about, you know, just, you know, you, I guess, the how to prepare for a team that you had, had never seen, had never played, but you said you had some connections with the coach. As you saw the match unfold, did you get the sense that he and the team was doing things that you kind of prepared for, but maybe just a break went their way? in order for them to come away with the win. Yeah, you know, we we tied the game, but it's the 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 crazy part was that, you know, we had about a 2-minute span in the game where um 
they 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 popped two goals in a two minute span in the second half where we just we did some things that were a little bit uncharacteristic for us. Uh, we had a little bit of a change of formation going into that game as we're trying to incorporate some guys. We got a new striker named Ryan Sirikowski, and we're trying some different things to try to get some more production. And you know, I take credit for uh, for us having a little bit of a lapse. You know, I take responsibility. So this week we worked really hard to uh, to try to make sure we've tightened that up. But the good part was. You know, we're up 1-0, they come back, they make it 2-1, to one, and then at the end of the game, our guys come back and uh, uh, Emmy scores a goal for us, and uh, we tie the game. So it's it's a work in progress, my friend. I apologize, I did say that they won, but you actually did tie 2-2. My eyes are playing tricks on me. I need some glasses looking at this score. <laughs> but you did tie. But, I mean, I guess from us talking over the years, sometimes I get the feeling that a tie is almost like a loss because, you know, like I said, this is a three-game homestand. You, you were hoping to get – Three points along the way. You still got a chance to do that Saturday, but a chance against one Knoxville, you get a point. But I know you were looking for that three. Do you do you do you view it kind of like it was a lost opportunity, or do you say we'll take the point and we'll just try to, you know, see what we can do for our Saturday against uh, Chattanooga? Is Darren there? We lost Darren. Okay, we'll get him back. I'm going to tell you, it seems like this is a habit. I ask these thought-provoking questions, and all of a sudden our guests just disappear. But hopefully we'll get them back. But let me let me mention again, he mentioned it, the fact kickers were down 2-1 midway in the second half. They get a PK from Emiliano Terzaghi, the best goal scorer in USL 1. Now with his 51st career goal in the league, his second in that match, scored it in the 75th minute to earn a hard-fought one-point against uh, one Knoxville. He's got six goals this season. And I think we got Darren back on the line. Darren, did you get a chance to hear the question before we, we lost you? I did, man. You love me so much, you dropped me. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, I thought I thought the question, but it was, it was thought-provoking. All of a sudden, he just disappeared. So I, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> no, all good, man. What was the question? I was asking, I mean, kind of getting an idea of, of knowing you since you've been here with the kickers. I get the sense that sometimes a tie, you kind of view it as a loss to a certain degree. Is, is that fair to say? And do, do you kind of view it this way, I guess, with uh, Knoxville? Do you kind of view it as we, we, we take the point, let's run with it, and go on to Chattanooga? Yeah, sometimes a tie yeah, feels warranted. Like the game just felt like it should have been, and it's a little bit less sticky. But I, I you know, we felt all of us felt like that game was a loss for us because uh, we were in control of it. We were winning the game. Uh, we had a little bit of a mental lapse, and uh, they punished us for it. So you know, to, to your credit, it did feel like a loss. I just, I always got to fight for my guys because I was so proud that they fought back and got a point out of it. And Emiliano Terzaghi, we, we talked about him. It seemed like it's a broken record. He just finds ways. To, to get to get goal. He started a little slow, but I guess we expect him to, you know, kind of start off fast and defenses adjust to what he can do. Right now, he's third in scoring with six goals, just two back of the leader. Has he done anything differently in this stretch or he's just been he been able to find some some cracks in opposing defenses to find those goals? Well, he's a great goal scorer, there's no question, and we know that he won't stay off the score sheet for very long, but I would give credit to the entire group. The guys have worked so hard to get him service uh, and to work to help him get going. And, you know, it's a bit of a team effort. You know, like I said, we had a bit of a formation change. Uh, there's a bit of an attitude shift. And we, we definitely have some work to do. You know, we're in a playoff position right now. But, you know, we're not, we're not waiting around for that. We, we always try to get to the top of the table here. And, and Emmy getting hot is definitely a good thing for us. 
Darren Swaski, the head coach of the Richmond Kickers, joining us here on the Sports Huddle. Right now, Richmond is currently sixth, actually tied for fifth in the standings. They take the top six in the playoffs. Chattanooga is the next opponent on the ledger, currently on the outside looking in. Mindset coming in for Saturday against Chattanooga. Yeah, three points. You know, I'm just I'm saying it right now. We're gonna win this game. Uh, we're gonna get back on track and get going. You know, they've had a, a coaching change in the last two weeks. Uh, they've been a little bit on a roller coaster. They've had good games and bad games. But you know, City Stadium is a place we need to reward. Uh, you know, our front office is an amazing job of uh, putting uh, people in the stands, and we need to reward that uh, so that uh, there's two fireworks shows on Saturday, one during the game and one after. You mentioned about the crowd. You mentioned about the front office and them doing a great job. The article is in the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Please check it out. The fact that the Richmond Kickers lead USL 1 in average attendance. Over 5,000 fans come out to City Stadium to see you guys play for every home game. What does that mean for you personally? You mentioned culture before in other press conferences and other times that we chat. When you hear that you guys lead the entire league in average attendance, that's basically going by what you're saying, building a culture with the Richmond Kickers. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, uh, Richmond likes uh, their sports teams. It's a sports town. You need to win games, and uh, we've been doing that the last couple of years, so uh, people are interested. But, you know, Camp Perry in the front office, uh, Donovan, Leighton, the guys that sell tickets, and just about everybody, I mean, they're just they're killing it and they're doing it because they're out there and, and, and we just want to say thank you to the Richmond community because we want you to keep coming back because it's a great opportunity and it's a great place to get together. So keep coming and uh, we'll keep winning. And also, as Darren mentioned, fireworks, two fireworks shows, one during, one after the game against Chattanooga this Saturday. You also mentioned you want guys from the system. You want this to be a homegrown Richmond Kickers franchise. Let's talk about the signing of James Sned- Sneddon, I believe that's how the pronunciation, the goalkeeper from Richmond United Academy. Yeah, you know, we're, you know, the, the 10,000 foot view is that we want as many kids, uh, male and female, playing through our system uh, in, in Richmond. And right now with the pro team, we want as many kids that have grown up in the area uh, to come through the programming, come through the academy that we're a big part of now uh, and play on the first team. We signed Beckett Howe and Gabe Cox earlier this year out of Richmond United, and we just signed James Sneddon, the goalkeeper, out of there. And these kids are starting to make a dent in training. Uh, you're going to see more and more local kids involved in it because we don't want kids leaving. We want them to stay here in Richmond. We want them to play for Richmond teams, and we want them to represent the community well before they launch into big careers. Now, I got one more before I let my producer ask you a question. I got to get your thoughts about this international friendly that is taking place July 18th and this Guatemalan team that will be coming to Richmond as part of this friendly? Well, as you know, we're the longest-running professional soccer team in uh, the United States history right now, 31 years. And, you know, we're a national brand. People know who the Richmond Kickers Mm -hmm. are. They've been doing a great job for a long time. We want to be an international brand. And in order to do that, we've got to play international teams. And in the past, they always have. Uh, You know, Kemp did a good deal to bring in Communicaciones, uh, Guatemalan champions, and uh, we, we're looking for a big crowd. It uh, gives an opportunity for us to showcase our kids and the players on our team uh, and let everybody around the world know that the Richmond Kickers are for real. And I know over the years they have had some of the biggest crowds for international friendlies uh, when they have had them. So I expect nothing different when uh, this team comes July 18th. I, I said uh, my producer, AJ, has got a question for you, Darren. So, uh, AJ, go ahead and give him one. 
Yeah, Darren, it's just a quick curveball for you. Uh, the attendance has been amazing. You guys have done a lot to kind of promote, and it's it's it feels like a concert there. Plus, with the exciting play you got that offense doing. My main question is, do you want me to stop coming? Because every time I do, it just rains. Every time you guys have rained at home, I was there. Well, the the, the plan right now is for you to come on Saturday, and we'll rain in goals. <laughs> And that is the plan. So if you come, we're going to rein in some goals for you. And, you know, you talked about concerts. We we do this summer soiree series, and it's actually it's happening today at 530. So come check out City Stadium today at 530. It's really, really awesome. Uh, but you know what, man? Come, and I promise the sun will shine and the goals will rain. Heard, Coach. There you go. I like that. Darren, hey, always a pleasure to talk to you. Good luck to you Saturday against Knoxville. I was going to say Knoxville, against Chattanooga on Saturday. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the support. Darren Swaski, the head coach of the Richmond Kickers. Come out and see them. Remember the number one average attendance in all of USL1, the Richmond Kickers. And who say Richmond is not a sports town? The Kickers lead attendance in, in USL1. The Squirrels have the best attendance in the Eastern League, and I believe all of AA baseball from last time I talked to Pawnee over the weekend. So Richmond is a sports town. And the two pro teams are showing you that with the kickers and also the squirrels leading their leagues in average attendance. That should say something. Dope fans, too. I mean, I come from big markets and I go to a lot of games and just the crowds here are so much better. They they, they do like to put on a party. They I certainly do, especially when you have uh, adult beverages at those locations. And the Richmond kickers will certainly provide that as they will Saturday taking on Chattanooga. You'll be, you'll be there with that adult beverage, I bet. 100%. And, and it'll rain all over the fireworks, and I'll feel bad for everyone. He said it's going to rain goals. That's a guarantee from Darren. So you could take that to the bank. Another, it's going to be a lot more Emilio than me. Might be. Another guarantee is we're going to have another great guest. And coming up after the break, we're going to talk some high school football. And with that, we're going to talk to Danny Lewis, writer for VirginiaPreps.com. We're going to talk high school football because that's right around the corner next here on the Sports Huddle. It's time to play ball. Baseball's best are putting on a show. And we've got Thrill a Minute action live. The players and games you want to hear are doing their thing here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. AJ pumping that bumper music here this afternoon. You really that wasn't to, my selection. That wasn't? Is that Lewis's selection? Really? He didn't know. Okay. I but mean, you this got, you is gotta, your, your ESPN European house music I was going to say, you got to feel good. This is the Thursday feel good, so you got it feeling good. And our next guest is, is feeling good because I bet you he's, <laughs> he's counting the days down until the start of high school football season, actually starting a little earlier this year as the Class 4 state champs, the Dinwiddie Generals, they will open up their season in Ohio. And with more about that, we're going to talk to Danny Lewis from the from VirginiaPreps.com, our first time having Danny on the Sports Uddle. No nerves there, right, Danny? Not at all, not at all. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I saw Zach yesterday. We were at the Diamond 
looking at the uh, the baseball all-star game and we kind of started talking about football. And so when I was saying, okay, well, let's try to figure out some guests, I was like, well, we got to talk about high school football because it's right around the corner. They have the, 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 the master schedule out and everything like that. So that's like, we're, we're here. It's, I mean, the season is, is basically here. And, uh, I want to get your thoughts about some changes, you know, some teams moving up, some teams moving down. Obviously, we talked about Holland Springs moving up to six, along with Deep Run, Glen Allen, and Meadowbrook, uh, James River going down to five, Matorka going down to four, things like that. The, the, the most notable change that should be watched this season is what? Holy smokes, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there could be several. Um, okay. You know, obviously the Holland Springs move up to six is huge. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody's already, I mean, even as soon as the state championship games were played in December, people were going, Holland Springs and Freedom. You know, are they mm-hmm. going to meet in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Holland Springs and Thomas Dale. Holland Springs and, you know. So that's, you know, that's the eye popper for you right off the bat. Um, but I've also been, you know, thinking about like Matoica mm-hmm. moving up to class four, um, and they're, you know, in five uh, excuse me, class five, and they're in five C. And five C is kinda wide open mm-hmm. now without Holland Spring. Mm-hmm. So, you know, can they make some noise? Um, you know, it's just it's James River. I think they are a team this year that you have to keep an eye on. Um, they've got a, several young and ex- experienced guys from last season that have that full season under them, and I think they'll make some noise this year in 5C. So those are the three that I'm kind of eyeballing already. Mm-hmm. Um, but Holland Springs is definitely the eye popper. That's big because we talked about, you know, Manchester – uh, Thomas Dale, they were always fighting to get to a regional final or a state semifinal, and they had to get past Oscar Smith. Now you throw yeah. a Hollow Springs in the mix, and it's like, oh, now we got two hurdles to try to get over to make a state playoffs. And also Glenn Allen and the job that Perry Jones has done, the former UVA uh, running back, he's done good the last few years there trying to, to, to get uh, Glenn Allen in that mix, and they're now going to be in six. Yeah, and also keep in mind, too, in six, a region 6a you got western branch yep. who won that region last year so it is a gauntlet come playoff time in that region and they're coached by rashad cook former trojan running backs had to mention that as well yeah they went to <laughs> and they and they went to manchester and got the lancers that day uh in in chesterfield county so yeah that, that was kind of under the radar but yeah western branch a formidable team to watch out for in six and you mentioned five with Holland Springs yeah. now leaving, you mentioned Matoka going up. You look at what Hermitage can do with uh, Coach Jean Pierre, Douglas yeah. Freeman, uh, and Coach Bland there, and maybe the I will say the wild card in that mix could be Troy Taylor and Elsie Bird. A lot of people thinking that Troy could get something done this year, given his schedule. I know he lost a huge, a huge loss he suffered this past week. Uh, one of his top players will be out this year as he tore his ACL, tore his knee, tore some ligaments in his knee. Um, what do you think of of, of LC Bird and, and possibly getting back to what they did with Coach Bedwell when they three-peated 12, 13, and 14? I wouldn't, I wouldn't label them a wild card just for the fact that 
hey, they were they played Holland Springs in the region championship last mm-hmm. year. So I fully expect them to be back in the mix. In fact, I'm already eyeballing that James River Bird matchup in week one for my first game. So mm-hmm. I definitely want to see what the Skyhawks have because I think Coach Taylor has it moving in the right direction um, after a few bumps in the road over the past few seasons. And then the following week on a Thursday night, we love those Thursday games, they got the Battle of Chester with Thomas Dale yeah. down the road uh, on their campus uh, this year. We got Danny Lewis, writer from VirginiaPreps.com, joining us here on the Sports Huddle. Uh, we would be remiss if we don't talk about the defending Class 4 champs, Dinwiddie, 15-0 and this past year, and uh, they're stepping out of the box like some of these schools in our region are doing recently as they're going to open the season in Ohio against Glenville, Ohio, on August 19th. In fact, their first three games are on the road. Glenville, GW Danville, and also North Stafford on the road. Yeah, they're going to get some challenges early. And, you know, I think that is a smart move. We've seen it be successful with Holland Springs and the growth of their program. Mm So I would love to make that trek out to Ohio for that first game, um, but uh, I'll have to miss it this time. But <laughs> that that's going to be that's going to be quite a challenge for Dinwiddie. But you know, I don't ever count out the Generals with Billy Mills at the helm, and obviously Harry Dalton, as electric as he is with the ball, it's they're a scary team to face. I mean, you really got to for them. I mean, it's Raphael Tucker's back at running back. I mean, they are a wicked good offense. No question. You got that backfield. That's pretty formidable. Both rush for over, I guess Tucker was over 1,100. Dalton was over 12, 1,300. And he set the single season record for total touchdowns last year. First year starter doing all that and led them to a state title. Pretty good there for yeah. a Harry. Uh, I would say so. And he's just coming up on his junior season. So, I mean, you know, next two years are going to be very exciting for that young man, both on and off the field with playing and obviously the slew of offers he's starting to pull in. Including a couple of this week. He got an offer from Alabama and an offer from Penn State. So, uh, yeah, he's he's making the rounds and, and coaches are noticing him, no question. One change I'd notice, and this maybe I oversaw this, or this is just completely under the radar, and I just totally forgot it. TJ going to three. Now, they have been very successful in two. Most recently had made a state semifinal back in 2019 under Coach Adams. Uh, Coach Harrison had done good in his uh, year plus, getting them to the postseason. But now you're making that leap from two to three. Although you're playing primarily the same schedule in the regular season, when you get to the playoffs, you ain't seeing the same teams in the playoffs. You're going to see a Hopewell. You'll probably see a Colonial Heights. You'll see a Lake Taylor, uh, Icy Norcom, teams like that. How big is that jump for TJ this year going from 2A to now 3A? It's big, um, but... um I don't think it's going to be a huge hurdle for them. I mean, they've got some adjusting to do this season, especially um, because they they are under a new coach. Um, 
They've got to replace their quarterback. Um, Zia Johnson will be at Michigan State. Yep. He was simply electric last year. So they've got some hurdles in front of them, but they are also one of those programs that's been there now and kind of you don't want to label them, uh, or I guess you could label them a perennial contender in the region, although it's a different region. They've got that, I won't call it swagger, but they've just got that experience of being there now. They're not the new kid on the block, you know, the feel-good story. They expect to be there every year, and I think that's all part of the building of a program, and that's what they've got now. Um, so I I think it won't be easy once they get there, but I wouldn't count out the Vikings at all. They open the season August 25th, a road date against Huguenot, who will also have a new coach. The former Life Christian head coach is over there at uh, Huguenot, and he's got a pretty good quarterback that's going to be there too, Danny, former uh, uh, Manchester quarterback who was uh, uh, splitting snaps with Abernathy. We're speaking of Jason Wright. Yeah, and it's funny because – I think I was thinking about this when I was thinking about TJ the other day because I'm already starting, as you can imagine, compiling my mm-hmm. information previews. And TJ's kind of carried the city over the last gosh, yes. five years as far as the program in the city. And I think Hugh and I, if not this year, come next season, is going to challenge TJ for that mantle. I think with Coach Scott players he's brought in, I think they are going to be very formidable. And I think that game against TJ start the season, yep. that's going to be a fun one. And I might have to check out that game too, because <laughs> that will go a long way into determining which one of these teams is going to be for real this year. The only thing is the fact that they're in 4B. Yes. Yes, that's true. But they are city schools, and, you know, these players take pride yeah. in that. And I think they're going to both come out and play phenomenal against each other as Huguenot tries to kind of deliver the message that, hey, we're here now. No question. No question. Hey, before we let you go, we got Danny Lewis, uh, the writer from VirginiaPreps.com. A lot of these local players recently – making their decisions for college uh, before the start of their senior season. A couple of uh, players from Trinity, uh, the offensive lineman from Atlee made his uh, selection last week. A couple Friday will make their choices. Uh, Makai Byerson, also Noah Jenkins. We're seeing, you know, in recent uh, weeks, guys decide, hey, let's make this decision now and not drag it through the course of the season and yet to see one of them stay in state. We're going out of state with uh, with a lot of these selections also. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of making your decision before your senior season. I think it kind of takes the pressure off of them. It lets them go out and, and just ball out, you know, their senior season, just go out and play. You don't have to focus so much on the recruitment part. That's said and done. Although, I know you've seen it in years past, too. Just because you do, you know, commit early until it's signed, you know, things can change. And 
it, it only takes one school to come out of nowhere and offer you, and suddenly you get a <laughs> change of mind, a change of heart. And, you know, I won't say it's all said and done, but I think it's a wise choice. If I, if I was playing and I was in their shoes, I'd want to get it out of the way early. Yeah, just focus on playing, continuing with your academics. Everything will play out and see what happens at that point. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Danny, always a pleasure to talk to you about high school football, man. I will look forward to seeing you uh, on the sidelines. And if we see each other at a Dinwiddie game, I'll talk to my people and hopefully hook you up. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> that other guy? Uh, I, got that, I got that on tape now. Well, I, I think my producer said, no, we don't have that on tape. So, no. So, no oh, <laughs> how convenient. How convenient. But he said the other guy, I have. we have our concerns. He doesn't get the hookup. <laughs> I know who that other guy is. <laughs> That's Byron. Good good guy. And we may see him on the sidelines. I know he's got some other things going on, so we wish him the best on stuff. So we do see him, maybe maybe one for old time's sake. We'll see. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it, man. That's, That's Danny Lewis, writer for VirginiaPreps.com. He does a great job on that website. And you see him all over the place. Last time we saw each other was at a college showcase over at Verina. A lot of the top coaches, assistant coaches from Power 5 schools and schools in our state got to see a lot of the talent at Verona, and that's going to be a team to watch out for in 4B, the champs two years ago, uh, see if they can come back and win a state title for the second time in three years, and it's going to be a, it's a lot of talent all across this region. Forget the state, just in this region in the 804. It's going to be a really, really great high school season again, and it's going to kick off August 19th for one of our schools in the, sta- in the area, and that's Dinwiddie, defending Class 4 state champs. They play Glenville of Ohio in Ohio August 19th. Then the following week, the defending champs in Class 5, now in Class 6, Highland Springs, they're going to be playing in Florida, Miramar, Florida. That is Lauren Johnson's alma mater. They're playing down there on August 25th. So a lot of these top schools in our area are going out of the state to play some of the best talent across the country. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the course of the season. We still got plenty more to come here on the Sports Huddle. We got the phone lines wide open. 327-0888 is the number to call. Join us here on the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Atlanta's best are on the diamond, and we've got the action live. Every Atlanta Braves broadcast is here on your home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. The new Sharp Cup. I did say earlier in the show, a great producer listens to his talent. This is going to be me driving home today. I can see that scene in Rocky Four. Rocky talks to uh, Adrian. He leaves the house. He gets into his car. It's either, it's either a Porsche or Ferrari, one of the two fast cars. Ferrari. And all you can see is those flashback uh, images of Rocky one when he loses and then Rocky two when he wins. And then you see the clubber Lang uh, scene and then Drago knocking out Apollo and then uh, Apollo's trainer in that as well. Just classic stuff. Rocky four was good too, but, but not better than Rocky three, not better than Rocky three, but that was a great scene in Rocky four. That's a classic scene there. So that's good. Tell you what, the, going back again, we talk about sequels and everything like that. 
35 years to the day, 35 years ago today, the premiere of Coming to America. Please let us know. Favorite line, favorite scene from Coming to America. 3270888. There's there's some great lines, but is it that that one line that you say, "Man, I I'm watching Coming to America to see that scene." Is it the sexual chocolate scene? Is it the the scene in the barbershop? You know, honestly, I really love the Sam Jackson scene. I loved it then. I love it now. Oh, the McDonald when he uh, he he uh, holds up McDonald's or McDowell's. Yeah, I've seen it so much. <laughs> I I did. It used to be the sexual chocolate scene, but now I keep going back to that uh, Sam Jackson because his look, a, his facial expression. So that funny. is that's a funny one. Uh, the scene at the garden when the uh, the the. the <laughs> When the guy with the popcorn realizes Eddie Murphy's character and then his date is like, what's going on? That's a funny scene. The scene at the McDowell's house when uh, Eric LaSalle character and uh, I forget the girl, what the uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, it's, I can see her face. Oh, she's so beautiful. I forget her. But they're, they're, they're supposedly the engagement and she... All of that, yeah. We'll talk about, about that. Soul glow, that's soul my glow. Yeah, that's when and the grandparent. Yes, the soul glow uh, stain in the in the couch. Great scene. One hour gone. Another one still to come. We still got two great guests coming up in the five o'clock hour. We're also going to talk about James Harden, who possibly could be leaving Philadelphia after picking up his option with the Sixers. Are talking about a trade to get him out of Philly. Another Philly player bites the dust with Joel Embiid. AJ, are you going to the kickers game? Oh, for sure, except I got Emiliano's name wrong, so maybe not. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Get it right in the next hour, or else you're going to be banned from City Stadium. One more hour to left here on the Sports Huddle. Hope you can join us on ESPN 106.1. Response to Diamonds directs a